recording. Everyone's good to go. Let me just do this full screen so I can see. Okay. Oh, okay. Um, I've already clicked an emoji that I don't want to do. I feel like a dad sometimes when I work on these on these Skype things. I'm like I'm like an old man. Um. So it's episode ten, and we were into double digits. Uh, we've got Flo Nagala here, all the way from New York. Um, Flo is, I guess, you're best known through your Cardi B work. Would you Would you say? Yeah. So Flo's here to chat to us all um, and take us through some of her, uh, you know, just talk through some bits, really, and talk about what it's like working with Cardi, what it's what her journeys look like, and um, yeah, we'll we'll get started. Um, so you're from? Are you originally from New York? Flo? Mm-hmm. Born and raised um, by way of by way of West Africa. Okay. My parents moved so- here in the nineties. Okay. <clears throat> so d- does New York feel like is that home for you? Yeah, 100%. Specifically Harlem, the neighborhood I was born, born and raised in, which is Upper Manhattan. Yeah. Um, definitely one of the places where I first felt like most inspired by people and culture and community. And mm-hmm. a lot of the images that you know would look at coming into photography were black and white images of street photography, photojournalism from like the 60s and 70s and the 90s. And uh, a lot of the places that I would see photographed were places like Harlem, like the Bronx, like Brooklyn, mm. and so on and so forth. Sick. Because do, do you feel like New York is like very much part of your photography process? Like, you know, in terms of like your style and how you've like come to learn how to be a photographer, do, does New York feel quite strong in that? Because in, in the past, when I've worked with like American clients, for example, they're like, oh, your, your work looks really British for example. And like, sometimes I don't really know what that looks like because I'm, I'm British. So that, that kind of comes naturally for me. Um, does, do you feel like kind of New York comes through your pictures? Mm, I think it depends on what my subjects are. Like, I think that like, if I'm photographing people who feel like quintessential New Yorkers or have like that energy, mm-hmm. you know, like I think, or, or, or if you're seeing, um, backgrounds and people in context that feel very like New York City yeah. like that may make that come like come come across in my work but otherwise I'm I, I never actually looked at my work and felt like oh yeah this feels very like New York to me so that's interesting um to be asked but yeah I think I think it's more so and I think my work I just always try to make it just feel like good images super like clear and direct and like strong visually um but i don't know if they always feel like they're from a certain place mm-hmm. so I, that's an interesting question yeah yeah <clears throat> how did you how did you first because was, was cardi your first like big music client that, that you got um the first music client i got was gucci Mane, and before that i had photographed um some bts for a music video for fat joe and that wasn't um work i actually just ended up like randomly being in this music video and so i brought my camera and i took pictures on the set so that's how my career kind of started and that's how my relationship with atlantic records started but gucci Mane was the first um musician artist that i was able to work with and then cardi kind of came a couple months after that so so explain to me what you mean by the Fat Joe thing. So you went to the you went to the music video doing what? Not photography. Yeah, I, so I used to be a figure skater, and that was like my first passion for like oh, sick. 
over 10 years. I, I started skating when I was um, in, hi, hello. Um, I started skating when I was uh, six years old and I did it through age um, 18 on, well, not really on and off. It was like pretty much like um, all throughout. I think I took a, a break in high school for a year, but when Fat Joe um, put this record out, that ended up being like a really big um, song. Him and this other recording artist named Remy Ma, they're both like native New Yorkers, very like OGs in the music scene. Yeah. Um, he had released his record and they wanted to have like girls in the um, video ice skating who were like black and like Hispanic or, or like Latina. And so my friend <clears throat> actually was like, hey, like, do you want to be in this music video with Fat Joe? And I was like, yeah, like, sure. So <laughs> I was super excited and I got like $150 for like 12 hours. I missed my first day of like, um, I was in college at the time. So it was like my junior year and I missed my first day of the spring semester. I was like so upset, but um, yeah, that was, that was interesting because I brought my camera and I was like, oh, I'm gonna, you know, obviously get pictures on set like so I could put some stuff in my tumblr and like on my website yeah. and so I brought um my camera and I took photos and then that's how like that that was it was like it was weird random and like if you look up the video like you'll see like my one second cameo of me like, like <laughs> slow motion it's so bad what, but what, what do people have to search on YouTube to find you doing that oh my gosh literally just search all the way up by Fat Joe. It was a really big song in the US. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you were in the old way up video. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, that's yeah. so sick. Wow. It's, okay. it's like, I watched it and I was like, wow. Like, you, you see my leg a bunch of times. It was so random. It was like at a strip club. It was like synthetic ice. But yeah. It's a good story, though. <laughs> I mean, I, I suppose the trajectory of a figure skate, it doesn't usually end at Fat Joe. <laughs> yeah yeah and then, like i really wish that there was somewhere where the clip existed of like him like giving me direction like there was a whole moment where he was like yeah like i had skated on synthetic ice before and so i wasn't necessarily that bad at it i actually was like navigating it decently and he was giving me direction and stuff and there was a video my friend took like this was in 2016 yeah. so yeah it was a moment that was pretty cool <laughs> That's so sick, man. But then, but you took your camera and you took photos, and then, and then Gucci Mane's people saw the photos and basically asked you to do some stuff with them directly. Well, I like uh, when I left the set, I went ahead and emailed like the producer, the director, the makeup artist, like the hairstylist, like a few people, and just was like, hey, I took some BTS pictures of you on set. Like, I'm a photographer. Like, I, you know, I was a girl ice skating. Like, you know, and I still have like those emails in my, you know. Yeah. like my personal email like before i even had like a work email or anything mm. and so the producer ended up responding back and liking my work and he was um nice enough to connect me with an executive at atlantic records who was his friend and and she really um took to my images um and again i didn't really have like i mean i literally had no photos that like i mm. now kind of more known for it literally was like pictures of my friends or like models mm -hmm. like what asked to take pictures of like some of my street photography stuff it was very very like preliminary mm. but i think she just really like saw something in my work and like really liked my eye for photo making and mm. so she gave me a chance and i was able to follow gucci for two days after he was released from um house arrest he came to new york city he did a whole press run and i got to go with him to like like GQ and like V files and like um up and down which was like a club in the city and 
all this stuff. And so I was just like a fly on the wall. And like he released the album. And so I got to like photograph his album party release. Um, yeah. And then the Cardi thing didn't even happen for the first time until like at least like mm, like almost a year afterwards, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's after, uh, the summer after her record, Bodak Yellow blew up she got a record deal with Atlantic and it happened that the same people who were her um her um I mean sorry same people who were Gucci's like team at mm. Atlantic also were, ended up being her team so they already knew who I who I was like with them and so they kind of ushered me into capturing some images from, for her mm. in Miami in 2017 and then since then it's sort of been like videos and like mm. some of her own personal parties and so on and so forth <laughs> For you to go from like figure skater uh, bringing a camera along to like spend two days with Gucci in New York, that must have been like a bit of a whirlwind. Hey, like must have been like, did you were, were you like, did you kind of just, I mean, take to it like you did with Ice, but or or, or was it like, did it feel a bit a bit mad? Yeah, it was interesting too because like I said, I was still in school, so I remember like literally emailing my teachers and be like being like, hey, like. I have this really cool opportunity, like I can't come to class. Like, can you not count it as one of my? Because I was already like being late and like missing classes mm-hmm. sometimes anyway, because that's what students do. <laughs> but um, or not for some students. But um, yeah, it was it was sort of surreal because I was I think that was really when I was transitioning into like this more professional space and yeah, yeah. even like coming to class. Like I had an Instagram, you know, at the time. Uh, but it was like four years ago. Instagram wasn't even like half of what it is now, as far as yeah. like the you know the significance that it's like become for like artists networking and using it as a portfolio and stuff. So even just like the people in my class, I would like come to school and they'd like know that I was like doing this like on Saturday or like going here on yeah. Thursday. And so yeah, it was sort of surreal. But like I'm I, I wouldn't have had it any other way. It was. It was uh, I'm, I'm I'm really grateful for it to be honest. It yeah. was cool. Yeah, yeah, it's so, so sick, man. It, it, it's a it's a bit of a mad story, really. When when you hear it, like <laughs> that, it's kind of it's it's a bit it's it's wild. So, so you you started working with Cardi as soon as she started to blow, yeah? Uh no, not 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 really. Honestly, I had um seen her at like, like Fashion Week in New York City, and I had been taking like some street style photos of like just Fashion Week stuff. Um, I had only taken like. Uh, two or three photos of her before like I started working with her. Um, like fashion week is a back to back to back thing, and so my friend and I like ended up at this like Alexander Wang after party. Not even like invited, but like people like sneak into things like that. And then I had um, been outside of like um, one of the places where they have a lot of fashion shows in New York, and she was going inside. I had taken a picture of her, and then there was another picture uh, I had taken. Um, at some other like fashion show thing, so there were like two fashion, two or three fashion week pictures I'd taken. Mm-hmm. Um, that was literally like, like two or three months before I worked with her for the first time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I was like, I was like a fan. I, I thought she was really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, she definitely was already like you know a famous person before she even got her deal on you know reality tv and then also like as a social media personality mm. also like i'm a new yorker as well so like everyone knew, knew her here of course uh so yeah it was sort of like at least a year and a half or so that she was famous i wasn't like there like right when she started blowing up but for her music career it was the it was like her first live performance that's yeah. why they even had someone come and photograph her Damn. that's okay um 
Yeah, I mean, it, it's incredible to talk to you because, like, we, we've had a lot of photographers on and a lot of people that have worked with huge artists, but, like, Cardi is such a <coughs> massive kind of, like, superstar and, like, kind of feels untouchable in terms of, like, access and stuff. Like, it kind of feels like you've got, like, the key to, like, access that is, like, pretty hard to come by because you, you've you've even done, like, personal stuff with her, haven't you? Like, outside of music videos and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, did that just come about because you, you kind of got on with each other and you, you worked together? Well, j just for context, everyone, you, you photographed Cardi's daughter's birthday, didn't you? Yeah, I, I, like, just have become, like, kind of someone who's one of the people that, like, knows her team, who's worked with her team, yeah. um, like, her day-to-day, -day, like, photographer, I mean, I don't, I don't think she had a day-to-day -day photographer, but, like, a lot of people, I think, consider me, like, a personal photographer, and I, like, she's called me that before, but I feel like I look at work like your work, and, like, mm. work like artists that, like, you know, who follow musicians, like, mm. all the time, and that's more of what I think personal photography is, yeah, so yeah. for me, it's been, like, yes, I think I'm, like, I'm the person who's photographed her most, mm. um, I can, like, say that confidently, but as far as, like, like you said, she's a huge star and like she does a lot of stuff. And like I came in working with her from the label standpoint, where mm -hmm. like you know someone on her team at her label ushered me in, versus like coming in from the personal standpoint. But like over the years, like as I grew more of a rapport with like her publicist and her stylist and her makeup artist and her herself, like it's just become a thing where like they like the work, so they'll just ask me to, like, yeah. or if you know, if they need something. Oh, but hey, can you come here and do this, or can you be here? And so that's more so like what what it is. And I think it's cool too because since then, since I started working with her, like you know, she has kind of acquired like quite um, you know kind of a cool like a uh, small um, assortment of like other photographers. Um, Jora Francis is another person who like has worked with her a lot, and she shot like her. Um, uh, first album cover and like and she does more like studio like more like high-end imagery and I think I'm more so like a portraiture uh lifestyle photographer so it's cool and like obviously BTS like stills and stuff mm -hmm. so um I forgot your question but I think <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I I was basically just saying how sick it is that you've got the access to such a, such oh, a yes, kind of superstar yes. um <laughs> Well, that's kind of, uh, that, that's me uh, going to stop boring flow of questions now. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to come to everyone here and I'm just going to move down my list that, that I've got you on my, on my phone. So it isn't in any particular order. I apologize if you're last. Uh, it's not anything personal. Uh, you're just last on my list. Um, uh, Adelaide, you're first. I'm going to pull the question. Awesome. Um, hello. Uh, my question is, what is your process for editing digital photos? Do you do it the same way every time? Cool. Thanks, yes, Adelaide. I did. Um, Adelaide, uh, so it's, it's what, 7 a.m. there in, 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 in Oz? It is 7.18 a.m. in Australia. That, that, is a, that is a commitment to the cause, <laughs> something that everybody can take away from. You, you, yeah. you get up early. Come on. Thanks. Yes, Adam. I do. I do. <laughs> Thank you for being here and your commitment is, is very it's very admirable. But um yeah, so I, I, I started off using like I'm kinda self taught as far as digital goes, but I did go to school in high school at least. I did photography for um four years and I decided not to major in it in college because I wanted to be a creative director. I wanted to like kind of step back and do a bit more general creativity stuff. 
Um, and so for me, my transition into like figuring out how to edit came by way of like using this app called Visco on my phone and Visco, VSCO, they mimic film presets. And I remember like before I even had an iPhone, I was so obsessed with it. Like I thought the look and the feel and the colors of the, of the images were so dope. So as, I, as soon as I got access to um, having a phone, I would like, you, like use Visco to edit like my professional photos so I can get the filters and then Visco came out with something that you could use on Photoshop and Lightroom mm. um there were little presets and that's what I've used um since like like all my photos are edited with Visco presets sadly they discontinued um mm. that software I think that not as many people were using the like desktop version versus like the app mm. but um I was a Photoshop girl first and foremost and it's so funny because now I use Lightroom and like I cannot believe I went all those years editing like individual photos like with yeah. individual presets every time like, like that's it's madness great. to me yeah. yeah but like I was so like oh Lightroom room, whatever but now <laughs> now my process is yeah like I, I upload um so, so I, I like to really give every image like a different look and feel if I think it needs one. Like I, I'm not a big fan of like copying, pasting, copying and pasting filters or presets or just using one like you know standard thing. Even with my black and white photos, I'll give different images like a different value based on like what I see and what I feel, yeah. um, which can be a bit more laborious. But I feel like that's what makes my work feel unique. But uh, yeah, I'll, I'll import my photos. I'll kind of go through Lightroom, and I'm not sure Adelaide what you use, but I'll rank my images, and I'll do at least like, depending on the volume of the work, like I would say on average maybe like three rounds, three to four rounds of um, like cutting down. Um, and I'm really big on like the edit, and when I say the edit, I don't mean um, the well. I'm I'm also big on editing my images, but the edit as far as like the cut, like the actual like cut of images that you decide on. Yeah. I think that makes a big difference. I, you know, even when I was just shooting, like, to, like, just to shoot when I was, like, 20 and, like, 18 and 19, I always thought, like, it was quality over quantity, and I would hate seeing people send, like, 300 photos of the whole, whole shoot and, and not edit things down. So I like to go down, really keep a really tight edit, um, and as you shoot more and more, you get better at that. And then from there, I'll go through and I'll kind of just, like, start to play around with images and and just like go through figure out what i like um i'm still honestly to be transparent working working on getting the best workflow um some jobs have really showed me that i need something more efficient and fast for example i shot like the bts all the bts for wap um which was like cardi and megan the stallion and then in the video we had like kylie jenner who made a guest appearance as well as like um normani who's um a famous musician here and then other like younger rappers and that took me like two weeks to get through and it was just like thousands of photos and then like I have to do all this like retouching because like you know they're celebrities and they like their their lotties look a certain way or sometimes they like to like you know appear a certain way and they have to get approved so um long story short <laughs> it's it's definitely like using Lightroom and then I'll try and get as clean and as tight of edit as I can in Lightroom. And then once I export my images, sometimes I'll insert them in Photoshop and edit based off of like the ask or like if there's retouching needed or, you know, if there's something I want to change specifically. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm very big on my editing process. And I think it's about just giving all the images what they need, not just putting like one size fits all edits on all your pictures mm. yeah I, I i think just to echo what you've said i think i i 
maybe I'll talk from like a touring perspective rather than kind of uh, so because obviously I'm doing the same thing kind of day in day out really um yeah. so Lightroom is obviously my go-to um I, I work slightly different to you in that I guess on so you, the 1975 have certain looks for certain songs so I will kind of I will com copy and paste edits across on yeah. within a song because once I get the kind of like tones right and stuff for one song, then like, you know, literally 20 photos later, it's like a completely different kind of lighting setup and stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you can get good at Lightroom, I think it will just help you massively. I, again, very similar to what you do, I import everything in and then like you can kind of learning short keys is really helpful like like pressing P will flag a photo so I go through very quickly and because I've done it for so long I can kind of tell what works and what doesn't and like click P and it will flag it and go along and click P and it will flag it and whatever and then at the end you can filter to see the photos that are only flagged and then you see the flagged photos that you've done and then then you kind of work from the edit from there and then I, I'm the same as Flo actually if something desperately needs like heavy editing that's the only time i'll ever open it in photoshop because i like i don't detest photoshop but like it can get like really long like it like the whole yeah. process of it can get like because i th i don't know if you agree Flo, but like once you start editing something it can like you like look at everything and like i can't even begin what i can't even begin what begin to imagine what it looks like working with someone like Kylie Jenner and stuff like what you yeah. like the, the detail that you're working to whereas like the yeah. kind of people that I'm working with are generally you know they're, right. they're like guitar yeah. boys yeah. basically do you know what I mean so it doesn't really matter um so I think I think I think what you can take away from that is that like depending on who you work for and what you're doing um I think it kind of changes changes to that um yeah and you you, you kind of you find a flow uh to, to what works um and uh yeah but yeah lightroom is king you know what visco is a funny one man because i still use visco sometimes if i on your phone on my phone yeah yeah so like when so for example uh if we needed something like within minutes i will like right. i airdrop something from my macbook onto my phone Visco yeah. it and then send it off and then it's kind of it's kind of done and it looks kind of good. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I like Visco too. I just wish it didn't compress the photos. That always really annoys me. Like I feel like I noticed it more so in Visco. And I will say also like I don't know if you use iPhone for like yeah, yeah. your work. I would I don't know if you have like the thing that lets you read the card to your phone. Oh yeah 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 I've, yeah I don't. Oh, my God. If you guys, everyone who's on that is also like a really great tool to have. So like, let's say you like, you know, format a card, you know, you have a fresh card and you're shooting RAWs and JPEGs. You can just like, it's literally like the, the same port you would insert a charger into your phone, but like, it's like 30 bucks and you like just put your memory card in there, like a sand disc. It can't be like a compact flash, like chunky memory card, but you can just put your thing in there and then it'll open photos for you. And like, that's been really helpful to me on the go as well, because I definitely had like, um, the computer card reader, I mean, sorry, the camera card read to computer airdrop to phone situation. Yeah, yeah. And like, well, one, when I, I have a Mark IV now, so I use shoot on Canon and they have a Wi-Fi thing that's helpful, but mm. also like that physical Apple card reader in your phone literally can be like a game, game changer, especially if you're like, 
on the go and like if it's as simple as just having the images on your phone mm. like it can really cut out that second step of like having a computer yeah. you know a computer yeah. with you that's yeah. a good idea actually i hadn't actually thought of that <laughs> yeah i like I, the first time i saw someone do that i was like wait this is how what? people are doing it this yeah, is the, fine the, the first time it happened to me was in um, was in Japan, and I got some film developed, and then they gave me the developed like files via this this thing to my iPhone, and I was like, "How did I not think of that? That's mad." Yeah. But yeah, I always wonder how people like you know like um, Theo, who's um, Theo Skudra is Drake's personal photographer, yeah. and I feel like Drake. I feel like I don't know either. He um, his photographer has mastered presets, or he just shoots. I think he just shoots exclusively film. Like it all feels like, like there's so much film. I always wonder. And even you, you have like a really good sense of like. I feel like both digital and film. How mm. are you doing that on the go? Is there like do you have like uh, a mini film processing thing, or do you just like no, find the, 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 to be to be to be like frankly honest. I, I shoot loads of film and it's a nightmare, but it's worth it. Like yeah. when, when I'm like in the US, if I'm in the US for like two months, it's kind of okay because if you're in a big city, there's a place, there's usually a place in New York, Chicago, LA, San Fran that will turn them around in an hour or a day. Um, but I've been, I've been known to go like a month without being in like a big, big city where I can get Ooh. it turned around. Um, but it, it's it, it is what it is um and obviously you have to be careful like flying with film because if you have anything over 800 iso uh the, the x-rays will destroy it um so have I, you had I, any bad nightmares what's that have you, have you had any bad experiences no not yet no because I, I tend to exclusively buy less than 800 to to avoid that okay. and also like kind of reading up on like you putting it all in a clear bag and telling the security officer that like this is film and I don't want it to go and they they legally have to abide by it and they, they do like a drug test on it and stuff but um as long as you're not like rubbing it in cocaine then, then you're fine um, <laughs> but yeah I I do shoot film and it is a it is a nightmare but it, it's worth it um but it does add a whole new dimension of like uh trying to find like I remember being in in New Zealand and trying to find and I was like trying to find a place in Auckland and it was it was a nightmare man but it, all, all good all good I, I think you even saying that like makes me want to share like another thing I thought of when I was mentioning like the Kylie Jenner even with Megan the Stallion thing right it's like even though like for me personally I'm not like super passionate about retouching like women's bodies or like retouching like anything like I know what people like like if I'm a photographer and I know that like my band or my client loves film they and they like the look and feel of film and it's consistent with like their brand I think a lot of times like um maybe you could agree that I think as photographers we're making that sacrifice and figuring it figuring out like you know what we can give to a person or artist or like whoever so that they can like one value the images that much more than specifically value our work so they can like be like oh like I know like like Jordan like gives me like amazing film photos I'm gonna keep like you know obviously there's a consistency there oh. and I think there's a feel that you've created for them mm -hmm. that's like that's so great and I think that has to do also with like knowing you know what like what your artist likes and I've learned that like a bit more too I think especially like like I've been working with Cardi on and off for like three years now and like I've learned you know some of her insecurities and also like her makeup artist knows how to like edit her photos in a way that she likes a bit differently than the way I do so like mm -hmm. even with that like, maybe it's like sending it to someone else to like 
make sure Cardi likes it. And like there have been times where I've literally been texting them like, is this approved? Is this okay? Or like, you know, even just being like, okay, like let me learn how to do something different editing wise that like maybe isn't like what photographers would do, but if it's something that people like, yeah. you know, adjusting. I think it's a, uh, it's always learning. It's always like yeah. figuring out. How to I, I think that's work. quite an important point of kind of adapting to what your client is. Um, yeah. yeah. Like I, I, I've shot some adverts where the editing is like, it doesn't really look like a me photo anymore, but right. you, know, you, you have to adapt. And I, I think that's fine. Um, yeah. Does it answer your question, Adelaide, from Australia? <laughs> yes, it does. It's actually interesting because it's pretty similar to how I do it, at least with Lightroom. And I was like individually doing Photoshop one photo at a time. Um, and then like, I think it was like a year ago, I was like, oh, I should pr probably learn Lightroom. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much, and you, that's good. And, and I'm been, doing the right thing. You've been a happier so. person ever since. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, and yeah, I mean, I'm the same. I really want to perfect my uh, workflow for Lightroom and I just haven't got there yet. But I watch yeah. many, many YouTube tutorial tutorials and hope one day I'll get it. Yeah, um, yeah. But yes, yes. Command, thank you very much. And command, I'm going to get that little SD card thing. Yeah, yeah. Command C, Command V, copy and paste and edits will will speed up your workflow so quick. It's mine. Okay, I will. Command I will, C, Command I'll use that. <laughs> got it got it how do you, like, how do, you do it on, like, a mass batch gordon i always forget how do you do it on like multiple photos at a time you have I'm to go sorry. into like i think there's a batch I, I, button i don't know oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, i think you select them all you select them all and then i think there's like batch you hit batch and then you can like you, or you can just create a preset and then just put the preset across all of them. Oh, yeah. um, yeah. that's yeah. a good yeah, Adelaide's going to take this session from now on. By the way, um, I'm oh, going to leave, and then Adelaide's going to Adelaide's going to take uh, over. She's going to talk yeah, about the editing. This is about <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, thanks so much, man. Thank you. Thanks, Thank mate. You. Um, so next on my uh, list, I have Katie. Uh, Katie, I think we only have one Katie. Yeah, Katie. Hello. Hello. Oh, you, you were you were here first. You you, you were here. First. Yeah, I was very keen, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, so my question, I guess, I need to give you a little bit of background of where I am sure. to make it make sense. Yeah. So um, I'm probably coming at this from a bit of an older person point of view to some other people. I'm 36, I've got a mortgage, I've still got, um, I'm still working four days a week um, for an architecture practice. Yeah. Um, and at the moment I'm shooting largely unpaid for online zines, but I'm doing quite well with it. Like I'm shooting like Slayer, I shoot rock and metal. So mm. I'm getting to shoot like arena shows, um, some really big names and stuff, but I'm just feel like I'm a bit stuck in this place. Like, because I've got sort of responsibilities in a sense, I can't like just stop working suddenly and then be like, I'll just give this a go, especially not now. Obviously this was my plan in January. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I've gone to shit now. Yeah, um, yeah. But I think a lot of it is to do with like people trusting you. Like if you want to work with a band, they need to know you. Mm. But how do I start there? Like, do I approach artists being like, hey, I like your style. I think it suits my style. Can I come on tour with you or something? Like, I'm yeah. stuck with like, is it the artist, the management, the label? Like, who do I? I think, um, I think I think like Flo mentioned earlier I mean I think there's you, there's no like one way to do it like obviously Flo I, I'm not telling you to be a figure skater and, and taking your camera to the thing but 
uh, what I'm saying is, is that there's so many avenues into um, into it that, that there's no right way of doing it. Like I was talking to Ashley Osborne on like a couple, like a last session, and she was talking about um, she 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 basically just pesters people. She's just, she's just like in their messages all the time, and like whether if that's like their PR or their manager or like the band themselves. Um, I remember she was saying that on I can't remember what tour she was on, but she she was there for support. Oh yeah, it was Bring Me the Horizon. She she was shooting support band Bring Me, and then shooting Bring Me as well, and then sending Bring Me all the shots and stuff, um, and kind of just just making the most of every every opportunity that kind of arised really, and making sure because I think I think it's natural in some ways that people. You, you don't want to like share loads of your photos because it feels a bit like I don't know it feels a bit beggy or it feels a bit like whatever but I think you've got to have like an element of confidence to what you do I think um if you if you like make someone's life easier and just push photos at them straight away I think it'll help massively um <clears throat> I'm trying to so um, I'm trying to think from like my first experiences when I first started. So like a lot of the clients that I met down the years that I ended up touring with were bands that I met through the enemy, which is which is it's this is a difficult conversation to have now because obviously that the route of like shooting for a magazine and then meeting bands like doesn't really exist anymore. Um, but you know, it, it's more of a it's more of a rounded conversation, kind of making making the most of your opportunities. Because a lot of the jobs that I was given, which were just like very small, kind of like quarter paid shoots, ended up being like I ended up being on tour with like Catfish and the Bottlemen, Slaves, and, and Wolf Alice, and all those kind of people because I met them once on a, on a one shoot. And I think you know, take I, I think Flo kind of touched on it really well. Like you just notice who's on the shoot and do your best for everybody on the shoot you know what i mean like what what can you offer these people you know at the end of the day like you're, you're the photographer like you're you're there to take photos and you're not there to make anyone's life more difficult you just need to go in and just be like yo i can do this the best i can do this the easiest like you don't need to be chasing me for photos or anything like that um yeah, I think I think you're doing the right thing in terms of scenes and stuff, though. But I think it, it's maybe just exploring that on on just like a different level, I guess. I guess you know, does it does it have to end at like just doing a show? Like, if okay, may, okay, maybe not like Slayer, but if you're doing like a smaller show, are you, where, yeah. where are you based? Are you in London? London, yeah. So okay, so let's say you're shooting like a show at the Underworld in Camden. Like, okay. can you get a portrait with band? Yeah. You know, like, can you, can you, like, squeeze the life out of the eight hours that they're there? You know, the amount of emails that I sent to fans for us. And I'm talking when I was, like, 13 years old, I was doing this on, like, MySpace, being like, why? Like, I noticed you're, like, to Birmingham. Like, I take photos of you, like, in Birmingham for the day. Like, and then, like, we can do some portrait shots and then we'll shoot the show. Like, I think it's, especially when you're at the point where you're at, I think it's just about bringing everything out of the opportunity um, and, and, and just making the most of that. Um, Flo, I don't know if you want to add... Uh, anything because I mean you, what you were saying at the front your experience very much kind of leads into yeah. kind of ringing everything out 
I feel like I feel, I feel this question is always like a difficult one to answer, and it's one that I feel like I find myself getting quite often because, like, you know, it does kind of like feel like not the best when you know. That. And Katie, I had a chance to look through your work because um, Jordan shared these questions with me ahead of time, and like, yeah, I definitely feel like a very beautiful, like, cinematic, like texture like I don't know if you use like clarity a lot or like dehazing a lot on your images but there's like this kind of smoky look and feel to your, a lot of your photos and like it was cool to look through um your portfolio and that I went through your website as well um because like that world and that kind of music is like completely different than like what I'm photographing right like I'm not at like metal rock and like um and like shows like that so just looking through your photos like I definitely think that your technique is there and your style is there and your aesthetic is there like to Jordan's point, you know, there's not like a one size fits all, but I think that it's about figuring out like a different angle, a different approach. I think, you know, different people um, find connections through, into music at different times in their life. Like I didn't think that like mine would come the way it did and I'm, I'm really grateful for it, but I make sure to tell everyone there's not like a, you know, you need to do this by this point or this point yeah. because that's just like, you know, that's just, it, it, it'll, it'll, it was super stress you out. And I remember even being younger and being like, oh man, like this person has this opportunity and this person's doing that, but I feel like my work is better. And like, that's just not sustainable. You know, you're gonna bring yourself out. And at the end of the day, I think as cheesy as it sounds, like when you love your work and love what you do and you're just continuing to create good stuff, I really do believe that those opportunities manifest themselves. It's about like timing. It's about like, you know, right place, right time and being prepared, you know? And I think that like, if I was an editor or like someone at like a mag, well, you already working in a magazine, working with magazines, but if I'm looking at your work, I definitely already feel like the work is there. I would encourage you, yeah, to like find other um, avenues of entering these spaces. I think one thing I've learned a lot, one from being, like I'm 25 and like I remember just like even coming into like trying to get more work and do more things. I was very like trying to email and like, and, and hit people up. And now that I'm kind of on the other side where I find a lot of people reach out to me, I think one thing to remember is like people, I think just human nature, we don't like to feel like pressure. We don't like to feel like, you know, someone wants us to like give them like a, a amazing, crazy, like uh, career lifestyle opportunities. So sometimes just like the wording of these approaches where it's not like so much so pestering, but more so like, giving other people like alternatives or options or just like, you know, would love to share your work with me. I mean, we'd love to share your work, my work with you now, or maybe like I'll check in in a couple weeks, you know, would love to shoot this. Or maybe when you guys come back, um, you know, in November, like just kind of language like that. And like thinking more like that, I promise you, I know it sounds like a small thing, but a lot of times a lot of people just are getting these emails all the time. They don't want to give you a yes or no right away. They just want to know that like you're available and they want to know that there's like, an opportunity where they can come back. Oh, like, I would love to just be like, on your radar. Like that's something I use a lot, you know, even still now, like I'm, I'm still trying to do more things and work with more people. So even when I reach out now, it's like, let me know if there's a better time to reach back. You know, the DM thing is always really cool. And I think that um, you should definitely try even just like, if you know people who um, have worked with certain publications you want to work with, or if you are looking at publications specifically, like, you know, that work in music, like, I don't know, Fader, Rolling Stone, whatever, just even finding who the editors are, who the writers are, things like, you know, next time you have, um, like if you're looking for a consistent work, right? Like if, if you can find a staff writer who likes your work, who's like always gonna be writing staff stuff for Rolling Stone, who's always gonna be writing staff stuff for Fader, like sometimes like, I think that's another way you could go about it as far as like not stressing yourself out with not, you know, 
sticking to your commitments as an adult, which are really important because that's your security, that's your peace of mind, and that's like your safety, but then also still pursuing your passion and like your dream. Um, it's just finding like where that intersection can be that like doesn't, you know, let you just risk risk it all or risk too much, but also allows you to like grow a network to to do more stuff. Um, and yeah, I would encourage, like I said, just to try other approaches, you know, like I think your work is great. And I think that it's just a matter of thinking more eyes being on it or you just meeting the right person who can be like, okay, great. Like Katie, we know she's there. We know we can call her, do this and that and that. So definitely like be patient with yourself. And like, I know it can be kind of frustrating if you feel like, you know, like life, life is like, is this going to continue to throw us all like, you know, curveballs? But um, I think it's just about being, yeah, like I said, being passionate and being consistent and persistent. Yeah. Cool. That's super helpful. Thank you. Cool. Yeah. Just, just one last thing before we go. Reach out to some venues. Like I, I've worked for a few venues on this and stuff, and I, I don't know if you already have, but there's a couple yeah. of photos in your portfolio, like Roundhouse and stuff like that. I think they're all. I th that's a really good access, and B, um, that, that you can get back work through them sometimes. It could be a good kind of avenue for um does, does that answer your question katie i mean i know it was quite it, it, it's quite a difficult question to to answer yeah. really um, but yeah i hope that helps yeah no, no, that's very helpful yeah cool thank you Matt. one more thing is also while we're like all kind of still locked down a little bit like definitely try and use that to your advantage if you can a lot of editors and, and people who would like you know it would be difficult to get a meeting with them in their office or come in for like a portfolio review and stuff a lot of people have been willing to do those kinds of things on zoom and like digitally and stuff so um i would encourage you i've only done that like once or twice but like there was a editor at like time magazine for example who like i wanted to connect with and i was able to sit on zoom with her and walk through my work so i would encourage you to try to try that sometimes and that may feel like a nice thing for an, uh, someone to do when, you know, we're all going to be at home <laughs> anyway, just until venues mm -hmm. open back up. Yeah, yeah, that's a really cool idea. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Much appreciated. Um, I've got Olivia next on my list. Do we have... <laughs> Um, oh, I, I can speak. I can see you speaking, Olivia, but you, your mic's muted. <laughs> right. Hi. Oh, there we go. <laughs> um, so, in how much detail do you usually plan for photo shoots, and how do you um, usually come up with inspirations for the concepts? Of cool. Thanks, mate. Um, Flo, do, do you want to start on this one, mate, or do you want me to? Um, I, I guess I'll go first. My answer is not that uh, long. Um, it For me, it's about just like connecting with whoever's hiring me, whoever the artist is, and just being really clear about like their vision. I'm really big on like adjectives and like words, um, you know, to, to help paint a picture for me. Um, I'm a visual, I'm a visual person, obviously, but also like a very verbal uh, verbose person, I guess, might be the better word. So, like, even recently I shot um, an EP cover for this young artist who's, like, up and coming or whatever, and she had, like, a Pinterest and had some mood board references, but they were kind of all over. So being able to get on the phone with her and just really, like, hear her talk about it, that was helpful because then I went back and created my own mood board that was in response to what she did and that had, like, a kind of more airtight... Um, uh representation of some of the words she used some of the things that she was saying 
And for, for me, that was really helpful as far as planning that shoot. Um, and then on the flip side of that, when I'm kind of going in and doing more reported style, um, and it's not necessarily like a mood board or, or a photo shoot or anything, I think I'll, I just like to be really clear with whoever's hiring me about like what they're looking for and look, what they're looking to get. I feel like I love photography, especially my kind of photography, because there's um, room for range and like for versatility as far as work. And I always really respect photographers who don't just have one style, but can kind of shoot in different ways and still great, create a great image. So I love to make sure I'm really clear with like, okay, like, are you looking for like more like wide angle, like more intimate? Do you want like more like, like find the wall? Do you want like, I don't know, I, I like to ask questions. Um, because I think the worst thing has been just like going into a shoot and not being fully on point with like what my shot list is or not checking on it, not refreshing and just looking back and being like, wow, I could have got that shot if I was just like paying attention or if I was just aware that like, you know, sometimes I'll even change the background of my phone to like my shot list. Like I'll screenshot like a call sheet or like a shot list and just reference it. Um, and now I've been lucky enough to have like people assist me on shoots and it's been really good to touch base with them and make sure like as far as planning what they know, what that I know, and like that the person who's hiring us knows. So it's just about like making sure you can prepare um, with, the, with the client, um, like whoever's hiring you or whoever you're reaching out to to shoot. Like I said, mood boards are very helpful, showing those mood boards to the client, hearing like what they like and kind of trying to reflect that. And then again, just as you're shooting, just kind of making sure you're going through and making sure you're getting the things that you need um, and just being like very efficient with your deliverables mm. and stuff. Yeah, that's, that's sick, man. I, I think mine, mine varies quite a lot depending on what I'm doing. Um, I think my, my golden uh sentence i always ask people my golden question that i ask people is uh how do you want to come across because i think what well, whatever the answer to that question is kind of determines quite a lot even if it's kind of like subconsciously it's like you know for example like i'm probably i'm gonna shoot matty healy very different to how i would shoot fat joe do you know what i mean like it, it, it would be that it's like a completely different vibe um i've yeah, like, like I said, I think it, it really depends on what you're doing. Some stuff I've done has to be really well detailed in, in kind of pre-planning. So I did an album cover for uh, Jamie, who's like a grime artist here. And that was like, that was like detailed, like down to like a, 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 an inch. Like we, we only had like five shots to do in a day and it didn't take that long. But like we knew exactly what we wanted, we knew exactly what we needed to do, and you know we hired equipment to to kind of to to do that basically. But whereas like some of the other shoots, I'm I'm happy to have like a loose plan and then kind of and kind of roll with it a little bit. I've definitely I've definitely had shots come off where it's just like, oh, should we do this? And then it kind of comes off really well and ends up being like the main press image or whatever. Um, so I think. I think you have to be willing to adapt. I think I've already said this to, to someone else. I, you, you have to be willing to like, because no matter how well you plan something, at least once it's going to go wrong. <laughs> um, so you need to be in a headspace where you're like, okay, I know that I can deal with that. All the lights have broken and we can only go outside you know like you know it probably won't happen but you have to be in a headspace where you can kind of um you can adjust to whatever happens around you really um but that comes from experience um, and, and that comes just from doing it a lot really um 
but yeah, um, I'm just rereading your your question again. Um, uh, there are specific exact shots. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, there's always a loose shot list. Yeah, yeah. I think there's always a shot list, and you always have to have a little think about it. But yeah, does that does that answer your question, Olivia? Yeah, that's great. Thank you. Yeah. Cool. Cheers, mate. Um, Emily. 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 Emmy. Emmy. Not Emily. <laughs> hey, it's Emmy. Um, hey, Emmy. Emmy's in the car. Emmy's in the movie. Yeah. Car. I'm cool. so sorry I'm in the car. It was so loud in my house. I didn't think I'd be able to hear. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were in a moving garden. I thought that was like. Oh, oh no. <laughs> I, I thought you were going on like a, a family holiday and you were just like FaceTiming from the back. Oh, no, no, I'm in the driver's seat. I'm parked though, so that's, I'm that's... actually right by a Ferris wheel. Oh, so well, that, well look at that. Look, see, you, you come to my gatekeeping, you get to see the world. So there you go. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, is it cool if I ask my question? Yeah, yeah, please go ahead. Sweet. Okay, um, I think my question might be, like, a little confusing, so if um, you need me to, like, reword it, just let me know. Okay. Um, what is the best advice you can think of for someone who is looking to be a professional photographer who really loves the space that can come from collaborating with others, but also lets their love to share that space with others limit the value they place on themselves as creators? Does that make sense? So, like, you um, like collaborating with people, but, like, also feel like you loving to collaborate with people can limit you as an individual? Um, almost like yeah. I love collaborating with people so much that, like, I devalue, like, the work that I'm putting out. So instead of, like, charging people or, like, putting a cap on how much time I'm willing to spend on a certain project, I kind of just, like do as much as I can with that person because I like enjoy doing it. If yeah, sense. sure. I think, okay. I, I, I think that's like a mutual spot thing maybe. For, like, do you, do you agree with that, Flo? Like, I think, I think, um, in terms of, hmm, that's, yeah, hang on. Give, give me a sec. I, I, I need to, I need to think about that one. Flo, Flo, do you have anything to give? I mean, what are your priorities? Like, obviously, like, are you, like, are you someone who, like, there's some people who I, I'll meet them and, like, whether they're, like, shooting Beyonce or shooting, like, their neighbor, like, money is money is money. And that's, like, doesn't matter, you know? Or some people, it's, like, they don't care about money as much. They, like, can just make them work. And they just love life and they love photography. And for some people, it's, you know, like, it, it, I guess I'm saying, like, a very bad person. So do you think that you have, like, that kind of priority list? Like, can you just, yeah, um, I think definitely like the second part of your statement is kind of more towards like my goals as a photographer. Like I love photography. Like I just enjoy creating relationships with people when I'm photographing them. And so like the money part isn't something that I'm very good at handling. But I also, like, am getting to the point where I feel like if I want to pursue it as a career, I have to be able to, like, put a cap on, like, how much energy I'm putting into everything, if that makes sense, so that I yeah. can 
I think, make something out of it and I, for myself? I, I think that's a natural thing to have, to be honest with you. I, I would say the majority of photographers that I know struggle with that side of it because it can... It can be difficult conversations, especially if it's with people that you like know and like trust or have you know relationships with, whatever that relationship looks like. Of course, it can be difficult to be like talking about money and stuff, but it kind of gets to a point where it's kind of what I said at the front, like of like a mutual respect, like yo, like the, you know, their their like like on Instagram isn't gonna pay for your rent. It, it, it's it, yeah, and it, and it and it does come with experience of confidence and and just talking about money. And, you know, at the end of the day, like I think we put so much weight on on there, there is a culture in the West of like not talking about money, which is <laughs> because then you you arrive at a point where like you're like having to talk about money all the time and and what your value is and what that looks like. Um, but yeah, I, I think you, I think you need to be like comfortable with what you're charging. Like have a think about like, you know, so what does an eight hour day look like for you? Like in a normal job, for example, like, you know, what, what, what does that pay you? And then, you know, then have a think about that kind of very like kind of laterally really so if you're like well okay so this is a four hour shoot it's going to take me two hours to edit and then like all the other shit in between which is like phone calls and meeting up and traveling to the thing so let's say it's like a full day well then you, you charge what you would your full day wage would be at your job do you know what i mean or whatever whatever job you do um but i i don't know i, I <sighs> I think people just have to get over it with the money thing. I think people won't be offended. <laughs> um, I mean, have you had an experience where they are offended? No. So I, th I, I think it comes from like, it does come from like a deep seated like anxiety of being like, is my photography worth any money? Which the, the answer is 100% of the time, yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Even if it's like a very minimal amount, of course it is. Um, I think I think flow's right. I think you have to have like a very clear idea of why you're doing it and what that looks like. And like you know, asking for money in every any other walk of life is <laughs> to do. You don't you don't walk into the the part time job at Starbucks and sit down and go um so uh, shall I do the first five shifts for, for free? You know, and, and I, I know it's different. I know it's a different vibe that maybe sometimes you do have to work your way up to a point where you're getting paid. But I don't know. I think I think just people being open and honest with each other um, and how much time you're willing to spend on it is a conversation that you have within yourself, really. Um, yeah. yeah. I, I would just say, like, the reason why I even ask that question is because it's something that I still struggle with. I just shot something for like a really cool client even just last week but i wasn't content with like the work i did so i agreed to doing 10 more photos which i could have charged for but i wanted to make sure like relationships are really important to me and people liking me and like my work is important to me because i know that's going to create more opportunities for me to get more work so even though like it's something where like i knew i should be paid to do more to do more photos i felt like i didn't have peace within myself with what i like what i had presented to them so like for me my my 
I guess to answer your, the question I asked you, it's about relationships and it's about creating work I'm proud of. Like that's my most important thing. Like if I'm not proud of the work, I won't I, I won't even claim it. I won't talk about it. Like you, you won't know it came from me. So for me, that's something that's important to me. So everything else kind of can come from there. If I do it for free, it's because I know I'll create something I'm proud of. If I don't do it for, if I if I do it and I and I don't I charge less, it's because like, I'm seeing a means to an end. You know what I mean? And then obviously I need to like survive. And I think like kind of what Jordan is saying also like the more you work the more you create the more confidence you you can garner and then these conversations these inner conversations don't become as difficult to have it took me a while to even feel comfortable charging like certain amounts and even though like you know yes like I shoot like a huge celebrity like you'd be surprised like how many times I've had to have conversations with myself and like with my peers to just like convince myself that I was worth like what I need to ask for or this. And so sometimes like that imposter syndrome may come in or that like those like voices may come in, but ultimately like if it's any consultation, uh, consolation, cons consolation, like as photographers, our job like literally like is one of the most important jobs in the world period. Like if there weren't photos, like think about how much you wouldn't know. Think about how much we would have no idea about like since the beginning of time like seriously so for me images are are priceless you know and if and i promise you just by like how humble you sound and how sweet you sound what you're charging and like it probably isn't even like half of what you what some people probably get away with and it's great that you're a great person and that you're having this conversation but at the end of the day like your time is your money and then just sitting at home and editing photos like that is more time and money making sure that like you know you're managing people's files and people's memories that's a really important job so i definitely think that you should just really try and like you know just completely honestly just like abolish that spirit of like doubt and just know that your work is worth it the relationships are going to come the right relationships people are not going to question how much you're charging if people value your work and if the right people are working with you it's not even going to be a conversation you know what i mean it's going to be like maybe okay like can you quote me on it can you break it down and then you might have to get into like understanding like higher invoicing like that might help you feel better like maybe if you visually like are like okay three hours of shooting plus like two hours of editing plus you know, my travel is another two hours. Sometimes breaking it down may help you feel better about charging. Yeah. But at the end of the day, like, like I said, I think it's about like knowing your work, knowing your worth. And then also the people who respect you and respect your time and your work are not going to even have you second guessing like why you're charging. And, and again, like ask your friends, like, like look it up online. Like maybe I'm sure you maybe have already listen to podcasts like this. Like there's so many podcasts and so many resources where people talk about this because it's a problem that artists are going to have until the end of time right it's like something that we love it's like it's like art and commerce business and pleasure or whatever like they're always going to be at odds but it's it's totally like good that you are on the right side of it at first you know some people come in like cocky as, as fuck like you know off the beginning before ever doing anything they like are charging crazy amounts so for you to even be like approaching it like with humility and like thinking about this first and foremost it just shows that like you know, you're gonna like you're gonna have those relationships. People are gonna love you for that, you know, but you have to protect yourself. Like or at the least get an agent, get a friend, get a manager. If you don't like having these conversations, if they make you uncomfortable, find someone to work with that can maybe deal with it so you don't have to stress yourself out. Um, even if it's just like some like, you know, a, a colleague who's better at money who's maybe want you want someone else to play bad cop so you don't have to do it. Like that's that's you know, that's why what agents are for, that's what management is for. Um, you know, and, or, or even get like a, like I have friends who've got like fake emails and they'll just like use the other email to like do the money stuff, yeah, you know, yeah. with, 
so they don't have to feel like they're messing up a relationship. And I haven't ever done that, but like I thought about it, so that could also yeah, be. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, I I could sit here for a week and uh, not give any better advice than Flo just gave them. So, um, <laughs> do, 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 does that answer your question, Emily? There are good questions. Yeah, that was awesome. Thank you so much for okay. talking about that. I know it's kind of like a, it can be kind of a weird subject to talk no. about sometimes, but those are, those are great. Sorry? People should be talking about it more, actually, because that's why there's such taboo around it, you know? Because yeah. All... yeah. And what, where are yeah. you from, by the way? You mentioned, like, what, what state? Um, I'm from Atlanta, Georgia. Oh, cool. Sick, man. Um, also, I think what you said about like figuring out what you're doing it for is really cool. I was like reading this book this morning and it was talking about like asking like yourself good questions. And like one of the thing was if you can like ask yourself a question or like notice what questions you're asking yourself each day, then like they can manifest like yeah. as you go throughout your day. So like just like asking myself like why am I doing it is like a good way to like think about those things. So thank you for bringing this. Of course, yeah, yeah, and 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 Flo's right, man. You 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 are very sweet and you were very humble. So I don't. I think you'll be fine in finding kind of like personal relationships and stuff. You you you'll be you'll be good. Thank you. Of course, man. Thank you for coming. Much appreciated. Thanks for doing this. It's so cool. <laughs> I hope you enjoy your car. Very good. <laughs> <laughs> this is a, this is a first for no gatekeeper, and I thoroughly enjoy the car setting. <laughs> Thanks, mate. Um, so next we've got Megan. Sorry, Daisy. I did it, it, it's not personal, you're just at the bottom of my list. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, so Megan, hello. Hi, guys. Um, thanks for taking the time out to do this. This is really cool, and um, everything we've talked about so far has been really helpful. Um, but yeah, my question is, um, what kept you motivated to keep pushing for a successful career? in such a competitive industry as gig photography and what do you feel is your most valuable asset that sets you apart from other photographers whether that be your approach with artists or your style Flo, do you want me to take this one for a minute because you, you just gave the, uh, the most beautiful TED talk I've ever seen on this podcast <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'll give you a breather for a minute um, so the thing that kept me motivated I think oh, I've spoke I can't remember what other session I was talking about this on, but like I've, for for right or wrong, I've never had a plan B. <laughs> so it was always a bit like, I need to make this work, otherwise I literally have no idea what I'm going to do. And that's kind of, I think that the, the, the terror of that has definitely kept me being like, I definitely need to make this work. Do you know what I mean? And especially in the first few years where I was making like no money at all, I think... Your, your kind of goals and, and your things kind of change as you go through because obviously like when you're like really 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 broke you're like well you know like when when I when I make 25 grand a year like it'll all be fine and it'll be great um but that can, you know it kind of changes um and I think that's what's just kept me pushing on to be honest with you I'd I'd, I'd love to give you like a, a like a, a bible verse of of, of of things but it's it's nothing really other than like I, I honestly don't know what else I would do like I have other interests and stuff but in terms of like a, a, like a job setting I think that is that's it to keep me pushing and then uh the second part of your question the most valuable asset that sets me apart well um I think Flo touched on it and on the last one I think 
I am generally very good at relationships with people. Uh, ex-girlfriends might think otherwise, but that, 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 that's all good. Um, um, yeah, I, I think like my working relationships with people are really good generally like a lot of the bands that I've worked with and toured with down the years like I've never had like a cross ending I think flow has disappeared by the way I don't know where flow's gone <laughs> flow has gone I'm sorry uh, I'm gonna hold this down for a bit and uh, I think she's just taking a breather from the inspirational speech from earlier so I'll just hold this down for a minute um hopefully we can get her back on otherwise that's upsetting um yeah I think I think relationships is the most important thing in the whole industry. And I think you would be surprised when you meet other photographers, other managers, other press you know, relations. Flo's back, everyone. Sorry. I was like, I think Flo's disappeared. I think she's fell asleep. Uh, but no, she's back. She's good. This is good. Um, I was just in the process of, of telling Megan how relationships are the most important thing. Um, and I feel like that is my asset that I bring to people. I think that when the 1975 are like, right, we're going on tour for two years, we would like you to come. I think that's, A, yeah, because the photos are cool, great, fantastic. But B, yo, I'm going to be with these people for two years, for like 24 hours a day, almost every day of the year. And they have to be confident. Their manager has to be confident. Their label has to be confident that I'm not going to be like an antagonizer. I'm not going to get anyone in trouble. I'm not going to like fuck anything up, basically. I just need to go there, take the photos, and like that's kind of it. <laughs> um, so I think it, it's a bit of a... It, I, I understand it's a bit of a wishy-washer answer where I'm like, oh, just be like nice to people. But honestly, like it's the thing that's got me the furthest in life is just being like very lovely to people and, um, and, and obviously creating good work. But I think that goes goes without saying really um but yeah be be, be super nice to people <laughs> how about you Flo what, what do you think your your most valuable asset is as a photographer yeah, I think it's the same thing honestly like I have a really like punny like dad joke sense of humor that like I seem to like market the fuck out of by accident just by like being like bubbly like and outgoing I think people just like to give people who they like opportunities to work like you know even if the work is oh my gosh am i frozen again no you're, you're here man it's all good i was just telling you i was like my wife has been tripping but okay um, i think even if you create like great photos if you're like annoying to be on set with if you are like you like you know i honestly i had i had a situation like i talk a lot and i had i've had to learn like when and where it's okay to talk i thought it was a great thing but sometimes it's not you know what i mean so i think it's for me it's about um those characteristics i think obviously like my style i think one thing i hear a lot from people who hire me is that i have a good eye for photography and i think that's something that makes me feel really good just like that people think i like capture like really like i approach the world really well so um that's kind of answered the second half of your question um as far as like my valuable assets um and then what kept me motivated to keep pushing um you know, I think for me, I'm not gonna lie, things kind of happen really fast. Like I, I graduated from college. I had an internship for a summer. I came back to, well, I was in California, then I came back to New York, and like six months later, like things kind of picked up. So you know, I wasn't, I'm, I'm not that patient. So like, it was awesome to have, you know, made the right connections like pretty quickly. But I do know that, um, you know, 
I definitely did get into like comparing myself a bit and I definitely wanted things to happen super, super fast. And I had to learn obviously that that wasn't <laughs> like what the universe had in the cards for me. Mm. But what got me motivated was just honestly believing in my work. I thought it was really good. I thought I, I, I love photography so much. Like there's nothing that made me feel as passionate and as inspired as like good images made me feel. And like that was really like my North Star as far as like what I did. Um, you know, if I go on Facebook right now, you can scroll back to like 2013, 2012, 2011, 2010, even when I was in high school, I would like post all these self-portraits and I would do all these weird edits on like Pixlr and PicMonkey and all these crappy websites. And so I think that kind of like love of just creating motivated me. I wasn't necessarily doing it to work with celebrity. I wasn't doing it to get hired by someone mm -hmm. um, off like, you know, from the beginning. And it's like that inner, you know, 17 year old me and like, you know, whatever it is for you guys, like the person you know who first like like loved photography like you know you have to kind of remind yourself and check in with that person um every once in a while and you know that person who was just bright-eyed and just like was excited about taking pictures like that, that's the person you have to remind yourself of even though you know we get older we have bills to pay we have shit to do we have like connections to make like at the end of the day that like raw artist that's inside all of us i think that is like the person that will continue to like lead us to you know, whatever we're meant to be shooting or whoever we're meant to be photographing. Mm, mm. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I think you've smashed it there. I think it kind of goes back to what you were saying to Emily Flo. I think it's about like finding what made you do it in the first place. And I, I think that will continue to push you. And like, I think it's it, a lot of people always say like, oh, you know, always look forward, don't look back. But I think it's important to look back at how far you've come. Um, I mean, I'm, what, what, Megan, are you are you photographing at the moment, or what was the what's the correct? Um, so over like the past few years, I've been photographing a few small shows. I was just in like twenty two now. I left school. I was doing like really shitty like office jobs, yeah, yeah. and I realized I thank thankfully lockdown I realized that I really didn't want to do that for the rest of my life. So I've just kind of started at um, a music uni in London. Sick. Um, so I'm kind of picking that back up again when lockdown ends. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I, I think I think you've just told us your motivation there, man. I think if like if you don't want to go back to the office jobs, man, like you just like you just gotta crack on with it. And I think you've I think you've if you love it and that's what you wanna do, like you you've you just gotta take it by the horns and just kinda get kinda just jump into it, man, and, and do it for the right reasons, man. Yeah. You know. Don't do it to get fucking loads of money because you'll be fucking broke for ages, FYI. Um has <laughs> told me anything so far is that you're gonna be broke for a while. But um, yeah, yeah. I don't I don't wanna I don't wanna lull anybody into a full sense of security where I'm like, yeah, like you you know, like you'll be like financially secure in a year. Like, no. <laughs> don't like manifest that for yourself, but just like keep it in mind, like that's yeah. possible. But like obviously, like speak positively. But like there is a fair chance that like you know it's it will be a yeah. But definitely like 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 think money first. Like <laughs> what, also what, what, what I'm starting to see happening here is, is flow and me are the yin and yang with the order and chaos of each other. Right? We are we are nothing happens without us both in tandem. But we have we have different ideas on how the world works. Um, <laughs> And that's cool, man. Um, that, 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 that's super cool. We are we are ordering chaos, but I like it. Um, does that order, does that order your chaos? I was about to say. Does that answer your question, Megan? Oh yeah, that's perfect. Thank you. Thanks, mate. Nice one, mate. And good luck. And uh, yeah. 
Um, last but not least, Daisy, thank you so much for waiting. Uh, again, like I said, it's not personal. Um, but yeah, how you doing? Um, my question was kind of taken, so I'm going to change it a bit. Sure. Uh, I just wanted to know what the process you'd advise um, kind of aspiring musicians, artists um, to go through in order to kind of pinpoint what their image, what kind of image they want for themselves and how they want to appear through photography, mm. social media, like how... How do you pinpoint that if you are just starting out? As a musician? As Yeah, as a musician, an artist, anyone in the creative industries who's, who's you know, using photography to kind of put themselves across. I think I, I've mentioned this on a, on a lot of the previous podcasts, so apologies to anyone that's listening from episode one to ten. But um, I, I think you just have to ingest as much art as you can from every aspect of the world like what you know of movies of, of painting of sculpture of, of photography obviously um and just see what you fuck with man like you know are you are you more keith haring or, or are you more like uh brack or are, are you more are you more i'm trying to think of fucking artist names off the top of my head <laughs> <laughs> um, are you more like Wes Anderson or are you more, you know, whatever? I'm so shit at listening to names, goddammit. Um, <laughs> until I didn't go to art school. Um, I think, yeah, I, I think that's definitely how I found what I enjoy shooting and the kind of content that I enjoy doing is like, what do I find cool from other people? Like, is Keith Haring the coolest person in the world? Yeah. Are Slayer in 1983 the coolest looking guys in the world? Yeah, cool. But at the same time, like, you know, is like Jamie, like 2015 Jamie, like also the coolest. Thing? Yeah. But then you, you find like all these like elements of things that you can kind of entwine and, and find within yourself, really. And a lot of the, I, I found that a lot of the stuff that I enjoy have like an element, like they have like parallels through them. So like, you know, like I've always been into punk music. I've always been into like grime and stuff like that. And and someone like Haring has such a you know like a DIY attitude to the whole to the whole thing that actually that runs through all the content that all the art that I take on board. So I guess so. Are you a musician? Um, no, I'm kind of coming at it from a different perspective in the sense that I work at a record label. Ah. So in a marketing sense, we we get quite a few artists that come and they don't really know what they want their image to be and it makes it really difficult to create content for their socials you know for marketing campaigns um, because they don't really have a clear image and they don't know how to pinpoint one basically i think yeah i i guess i guess what i just said then just relates to your artists then i guess i think it's yeah. more of a kind of like <laughs> i guess it, it would need to be maybe like the labels it would need to be on the labels kind of like educate them on art I guess on, on time in terms of like showing them artists that maybe they haven't consumed before um and just seeing what they're into man like I I've got I, I'm really bad at finding new music um so I have friends that literally like send me new shit and that's cool man like I've got into loads of metal bands this year that I never knew existed and now I think they're like the best things in the world yeah um so I don't, I, I wouldn't be worried in terms of like, I don't think you're going to offend anyone by being like, oh, have you, have you heard of uh, Bolt Thrower, the, the, the metal band? Have you heard of, uh, you know, explains it. Um, yeah, because then I, I think the hardest thing that I've found on photo shoots before is when the artist doesn't know what they want to do. 
that's really hard because you're like you're stuck between a rock and a hard place because you can do you can do like the white wall like basic kind of like press shot stuff but then like what are they wearing like what poses are they doing like all that kind of shit so i i think it's kind of it's on the label to educate and it's also on the artist to be wanting and willing to be able to take that on board of, of what they enjoy mm-hmm. um yeah i think yeah what, what about you flo do you have any do you have any thoughts on that um i think i think that this might sound kind of like i don't know like pretentious to say but i almost do feel like when you are an artist or you feel that like art like or like urges come through you to express yourself in certain ways i kind of don't always understand why an artist may not like have like you know like have that way that they know that they are expressing themselves like the same reason why they sing the way they sing or rap the way they rap i feel like in my head like it's like you know, all of us have Instagrams, like, why do you guys, like, photograph yourself in a certain way versus not? It's, like, because you feel like this is how you want to be captured. So I would encourage, you know, while you are technically at a label and, like, you know, I'm sure your job has to do with, like, kind of hand-holding a little bit, like, you know, kind of try and get, like, the artist to extract that or, like, look at, look you know, look at how they already are doing that kind of, like, branding and marketing of themselves. Like, and even if, if it's not, like, a huge artist, if it's just, like, someone taking pictures, you know, we capture ourselves in a certain ways because like you know for a reason you know like there's a reason why we like use filters or don't use filters use like um you know post certain things or don't post certain things you know like that's that's like my first kind of like psychological approach to it and then i think um to piggyback off of what uh, jordan was saying yeah i think I've, I've been in, in, in circumstances, like specifically with Cardi, the person who like put me on to working with her. Um, like I said, the, the executive who kind of like saw my work, like she, you know, like Cardi like actually trusts her team very heavily. And even though like, you know, she is the face and the brand and the humor and the body and the, the, the personality, like her team has like great taste. And so they can, you know, say like she should do this approach to a music video or this approach and she'll trust them because they have that kind of like um, index and that archive of like their collective like understandings of art and culture and entertainment. So I think that, you know, being a good marketing person or A&R or on the branding side or whatever has to definitely 100% include like a certain understanding of art or just a certain like, um, uh, can you put the volume down a little bit for me for a second? Sorry guys. Um, But, Um, yeah. so basically, I, I do think that there has to be a level of like, yeah, understanding like from your end as well, um, mm-hmm. because like for a lot of artists, they're they're just about the music and they may not know, you know, like like what's out there for me. Like I always talk about Tumblr because Tumblr was that for me. Like I literally was scrolling on Tumblr for hours and hours. Like I was obsessed. But seeing so much of that work, seeing so much of that creativity was a big part of how I found my own style and like leading through it. So I would encourage you to, yeah, like, you know, even just being on Instagram, like I'm sure you follow accounts that are already showing all those things. You know, you should be saving things. You should be archiving them. Like I have even like folders or like, you know how you can save things into collections. I'll save things and name them so I can reference them back. And like, if you're just kind of doing it subconsciously, like, often it becomes like a lot more natural um and to reference styles and looks and feels especially like you know artists like the weekend someone who i really love i love his approach and like his style like 
Ariana Grande has like a certain aesthetic. Um, Chloe and Halle, who like work with Beyonce a lot, like they, all these artists have like these aesthetics, and I think artists that have it really airtight are really great people to reference. So you mm -hmm. can see what it looks like, you know, like to 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 create a brand visually, and then you can at least see like what it looks like to do it the right way, or like how people are doing it the right way, you know. Um, and then you can kind of start to, I think figure it out from from there. But I think artists need to trust, you know, need to trust you, need to know that you know what that you're showing them good shit, um, mm. and that you trust your own taste and style. And that actually will make them want to work with you more, or like trust you more. And you know, I, I want like Megan or Olivia on my next project. I want like Jordan on my next project because they know what the fuck they're talking about. Mm. Um, it's like knowledge is power. Like, there's, there's no, like you have to see more things to like know what's out there to create, you know? So yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I I think yeah. I think that's really important in terms of the. I think the more knowledgeable you are, the more the the more your artists are gonna gonna come to you for creative inspiration, and maybe that's not in your job job description, <laughs> but like it, you know, it's it is a little bit of handholding sometimes, especially when it comes to new artists. So I think if you can come to them with kind of like references that aren't, you know, the most basic of references you know not you know um i think they'll they'll really appreciate it man you know have a yeah i don't know like art's fun as fuck man just you know you know look at some paintings and read some books and watch some films and and, and it will it will kind of help you a lot man like watch look watch la hen the the 90s french movie man it's like the fucking coolest thing in the world and i i've referenced that like a million times in in shoots and stuff because it is like the fucking coolest thing in the world um so yeah i think i think that will help just okay. just take on a lot of art and uh, and, and then kind of kind of push that i through. watch like music videos and and like even when i watch like stuff on netflix i always find myself just screenshotting like those kinds of things and i think i'm not sure if you mentioned you're a photographer as well but at least like i can speak for myself like my mind like maybe jordan can agree with this like my mind thinks in terms of like light and composition and color anyway like i can't turn it off like it's too late so i'm always like seeing things as a photographer anyway and so it makes it really easy to just like be inspired all the time so i'm always like visually you know stimulated so i think once you figure out like getting your mind to think in that way in that in that in that sense of like you know create creative and aesthetic and curation like at the least you'll you'll have that down pat and so then when you're working with your artists or working with your teams like you just have a better sense of like what the fuck like is cool and what's not cool, you know. And you already like are cool, so I feel like I feel like you're fine. Like you, you have like <laughs> you got you got the good cardigan. Is that a Slayer yeah, t-shirt? Yeah, I like this. Yeah. Yeah, she's got a Slayer t on. She's looking fucking yeah, man. She's ready to she's ready to slay raining blood. We like it, man. It's very cool. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, j just to add very quickly on the end of that, because we've been going for quite a while, but um, yeah, like Dirty Hit, the, 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 the label that the 1975 are on, are like a prime example of how 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 a team of creators, a team of people that take on art all the time work so well with each other. You know, when you look at uh, someone like Sam Burgess-Johnson, who does all the design work for 75, like that is such a collaborative effort between like, everyone like he, his reference points for all of the 1975 work are all stuff that matt is into and it's all stuff that i'm into and it's all stuff that jamie oborn's into and it's like 
you know, we're, we're all bringing something to the table. I don't, I don't think it should just be like thrown on your lap, obviously. But I think if you can kind of build a team, especially around like the the these new artists, because I'm sure, like, this is the reason why we're all here. There's going to be people like these new artists. There's going to be people like the people in this room that want to work with this new artist. It's just, like their mates just signed to Sony or whatever, and they're like mad excited, and they're they're probably like. 15 and cool as fuck man they're probably like cooler than me than i'll ever be Do you know i had a 14 year old on here last night and i was like you will know things that are so much cooler than i'll ever know because you're like I, i'm i'm like an old man now um so yeah i i think when you when you have artists come in like trust the people that they come with as well and and because yeah. they're going to know them the best and uh, work with their teams and you'll probably be uh, probably be surprised how much cool shit you get does that does that answer your question mate thanks for waiting by the way yeah that's perfect that was really helpful thank you sick man yeah. i've been trying to i've been trying to learn the raining blood uh, riff and it's really difficult <laughs> good luck <laughs> yeah thanks man um yeah well i that that's everything man um thanks all so much for coming it's been sick uh flo uh, we need to get you a ted talk i think um <laughs> flo Nadal, ted talk uh watch out for that on youtube um so yeah this has been episode 10 thanks so much for listening everyone and i'll uh, i'll catch you all soon thanks so much for coming flo if you want to hang out for a minute um but everyone if you can all sling your hook that would be class Guys, Cheers, guys. Thank Bye. you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Cheers, man. Lovely. Look at that.